0: It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston.
1: Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced, white-knuckle racing just crossed the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. And joining us on the show now is a guy that I know is no stranger to Joe's Karting. Makes his way over there every once in a while. And we're just going to say you absolutely whoop the field when you go over there and race uh, at Joe's.
2: I try to. Sometimes there's always that one guy <laughs> in there that will put an ass kick into me. But... <laughs>
1: Uh, Gutter Pike, driver of the number 25 race saver sprint car, joining us, and he's coming down as a part of the Eagle Raceway interviews. And uh, we wanted to have you on because uh, I felt like it kind of worked with the group that we were having out, uh, picking up the uh, Nebraska State Championship for IMCA. Uh, hell of a title there, and uh, what third year in a sprint car?
2: Fourth. Yeah, fourth year be in a sprint yeah. I
1: mean, that, that were you guys gunning for that title? No, it did just really. kind of start no. to come together, and you're like, oh, crap, now we got to start going for it. Now, Whoa. was that a,
0: a, an intentional pun? Gunning? I didn't
1: even... I didn't <laughs> even uh, sorry. That was shameless. <laughs> I didn't even realize I did that, but was that something you guys were aiming for?
2: No, not really. We, uh, we were pretty good earlier in the year and just really consistent, so uh, once July came, um, it's like we started looking at the standings, like, man, we're pretty good here, really, and... Uh, just kind of race as much as we could and you know everything fell into
0: place No, you didn't fix that what's that when you said he was gunning for it then yeah. you said it was what you were aiming for
1: i i had to fix it i got now i got self-conscious
0: but that didn't fix it you oh. got a gunner aiming
1: yeah it's all right we, <laughs> it could have been uh... his
0: goal he could have been striving for it but no his gunner's <laughs> gonna aim for it
1: well you know whatever it <laughs> works um Talk a little bit about your season, though, because I know you're racing over at Iowa a little bit, running with, uh, at Crawford County Speedway, trying to get a little bit more consistent tracks and, and running a few more races.
2: Yeah, we just race as much as we could, really. Because um, to be good in one of these cars, you got to race a lot, you know, and just develop a good notebook. And uh, once you get that, you know, uh, things really started to click pretty early. And usually I'm one of the guys that kind of July, August, I'll start to kind of come alive. And this year we came out of the... Uh, gate really, really, really good. So, we just raced and uh, had a few wins at Denison and that that one at Eagle. And it's just hard to win at Eagle, um, yeah. especially because I, I was up there in points, you know, first or, first and second most of the year. And I bailed in August one night went to Belleville and kind of regretted that, but uh,
0: it happened and it's so over with we now. Well, uh, you you really seemed on it. I mean, when the season started. You were very competitive, and then you kind of lost it a little bit. Yeah, we, and then you came back and finished well. Yep, yep, um, yeah.
2: We we were good out of the bat, you know, got a few wins, and we were just consistent, you know, first, second, or third every night. And uh, then we fell off there for a little while, and uh, we had a motor issue, and then we just I tried a few things, and I was just trying to get better and. Uh, we kind of went the wrong way. So then you try to get back where you are at before, and, you know, the race tracks are changing, and just a lot of different variables.
1: It, it, I think you guys were chasing some gremlins there in the middle of the season, too. You were just having some issues with, uh, I think you mentioned brake rotors, or brakes having an issue.
2: Yeah, we had a brake issue. It was about the middle of the year, and uh, we had a motor issue where we were having problems with the Magnetos, and uh, we finally got that solved, and then... Uh, we had a, an actual cylinder head that took a crap on us and uh, cracked it, and we struggled. I, I should have found it, and I never did, and we wasted a night at Eagle, and we didn't get out of the Maine, and, and pulled it out the next day and you know had to get it put down to Craig and got it back and never had an issue since.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you feel like year number four, uh, it's – starting, to, has it come together? Do you feel like you're starting to get a little bit more grip on this? Because uh, before you were racing SportMonts won a track championship at Eagle and uh, just in our conversations you were kind of poking around thinking about going modified racing and then all of a sudden you called me and you're like, hey um, I bought a sprint car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> it was kind of just the by the seat of my pants deal and yeah, this sprint car deal is really starting to come together for me. Um, we race a lot, so you know, kind of in the sport mod deal, it took me three or four years to get competitive one of them, and, you know, I struggled, you know, to get that first win, and then once I got that first, it just was like, man, there's a lot of weight lifts off my shoulders, and it uh, was just
0: continuing to do it. Yeah. Was the uh, sprint mod like two dozen chassis to get your first win like the sprint cars uh, No, I think it was
2: the, f- oh, man, second, second chassis, I think.
0: A little bit different learning curve, evidently.
2: Yeah, I was pretty aggressive early in the sprint car and I paid for
0: it. Well, and and let's face it, in a sport mod, what are there? There, There's not that many adjustments. There's not a whole lot you can do there. With a sprint car, there's more adjustments on one corner than there is on that whole sport mod. And that's the thing that I've learned about
2: these things is the fine tuning of the race car. It's uh, it's crazy because Know, quarter inch here, quarter inch of spacing. You know, maybe a turn and a torsion bar on a certain corner. Let's start thirty second of yeah.
0: an yeah. inch. we'll yeah. skip that quarter.
2: Yeah, and that's what these things are really complicated with. Because I mean, you can set a base setup in these oh. things, and it'll be good. But you ain't gonna go beat Tyler. You're not. You know, you have to fine tune off of your base, and they're they're pretty finicky. Yeah.
1: You guys are, and, and and we talked about coming out of the sport mod division. So you guys are coming with the. A blank notebook when you got into the, the Race Saver division. Was there a, a driver or two that you were able to kind of lean on? I, I know you've been parked over in that area over there by turn number two for a while. Uh, working with some guys and maybe getting some pointers?
2: Yeah, um, Stu, he's helped me quite a bunch. And his dad, uh, Joe, he's, he's helped me a lot. And I, and I thank him for that because there's a lot of dumb questions that I've asked him. And uh, yeah, it's definitely, you know, the help that he's given, I'm very grateful for.
0: Well, they're on the racetrack with you. The last thing they want to do is give you something that's going to put you sideways in front of them. Right, so. exactly.
2: And, you know, these cars ain't cheap. So when you start crashing crap, it's it's
1: not good for anybody. I got to imagine, like, I, I hold Stu in a pretty high regard. I know a lot of people have some issues with him, but, you know, whatever, to the, each their own. But Stu has always been a guy that if I ever had a question I needed to put a microphone in front of his face when I was pit reporting or on the show... He would always sit down and talk with me, and quite a few times he's talking on a level that I'm not even close to. Was there times when you guys were talking and, and you were just like, hang on, can you back up and explain that in a different way? Uh, <laughs> or because you had some racing background, right. you was it, a little bit. It's
2: kind of all just, you know, I kind of understood the cars. And, you know, once I bought the sprint car, I kind of just sat there and messed with it for a little bit and started to learn how everything worked. And, yeah, I really didn't have that so much. Um, his dad, on the other hand, um, so there's some nights where he'll just freaking, you know, go blabbering about
1: something and it uh, kind of loses me, but, you know, it's <laughs> happened numerous times. Uh, great group of people over there, but uh, yeah, good good source of knowledge. Uh, and then you've got uh, Clint Benson over in that area. Yeah, and Clint's, helped, and, yep, Clint's
2: helped me quite out a yeah. bunch, and him and Jeff and all them guys.
1: Hey, is there a, a driver that. Um, you always kind of watch and you're like, that's a very similar driving style to me. Is that Stu, Clint, Gene, those guys over yeah, there?
2: Yeah. Um, Clint's smooth. And, you know, he don't, like, set the world on fire with the stuff that he does. He's just really consistent every single lap. And, yeah, that's the way I try to be. And uh, because, you know, I'd rather be, you know, good for 25 laps instead of great for 20 and then five where I, you know, mess up. So that's kind of who I would look after,
1: you know? Yeah. Uh thoughts on twenty twenty four. Now that you've got a Nebraska State championship behind you, are you gonna retire or No, no. <laughs> no I, I can't do that quite
2: yet. So no, I think we're just gonna do some uh three oh five and some three sixty stuff and when the schedule allows. Yeah. And some three sixty stuff yeah. with the three oh five. Yeah. No, no, no. No, I did that and I uh not anymore. I heard, no, I heard some people's feelings that night at Harlan. Um, you know and it was kind of funny, but at the same time, I kind of understood where they're coming from. But it was worth it.
1: But also, it's kind of funny when you're sitting there and you're like, "Hey, I've got a much smaller engine, and I just yeah." Me. And you know, everything
2: lined up that night. I mean, the track was stupid slick, so these guys couldn't get nothing to hook up. And I just, I kind of made laps that night. You know prior to the feature just to get laps and try to mess with my car and make it a little bit better and then in the heat race we pass some cars and i'm like ooh, man this this is gonna be hard not to pull off in this feature and then i made a redraw and then you know redraw 10 and i think i finished fifth or fifth. something like that yeah. yeah yeah i was up to third and the track rubbered up and i didn't want to get in those guys's way but then i got freight trained by ledger and a few other guys i'm like man i need to move up and went up so
1: What's the focus for 2024 going to be? You still going to focus on three uh, race savers or are you going to kind of split the focus?
2: It's split focus, just race when I can um, as much as I can. You know, I'm going to try to get more shows in this upcoming year than I did last year. So, you know, and I was getting everything built up, you know, equipment wise, and then I lost a car. You know, I, I didn't save nothing off that car that I crashed at Eagle, really, other than the seat.
1: and During the Nationals? Yeah. yeah seat
2: that was a pretty mo- good tumble. Yeah, seat and motor is really all we could keep. So it was a pretty good one.
0: Well, that 305, I am seeing National titles going to be wide open because nobody's going to defend that. So yeah, you might as yeah. well go get that
2: instead. Yeah, that's we talked about that because, <laughs> I mean, we, we led National points, I think, May to June to July. And then I had that struggle part. And then I knew, it's like, man, I'm going to have a bad night or two, and he's going to pounce on me. You know, it's just one of them deals, and not making the show at Eagle one night and then running. Heck, even when you're running third or fourth, it, it hurts you, especially when you have guys like Tyler and, you know, Paik and that Ty Wilkie from up north. They're good race car drivers. So
0: You just got to get your 40 nights in on that deal, and, you, and you've got to have that car count at yep. every track. Well, that's what
2: killed me at Denison. It killed me at Beatrice numerous times, and I don't remember where else we went. Might have been Lexington. I ran second at Lexington and they had like eight cars. So it's yeah. like, man, this ain't really, you know, I drive all that way thinking that they're going to have, you know, 10 or 12, maybe 14 and we roll in at eight. It's like, well, this is, this is nice. Yeah.
1: So you're going to uh, work on the 360 um, uh, for a little bit next year. Do you have the engine locked in mm-hmm. already or yeah, are you still working it, on getting it, that?
2: Yeah, it's at Craig's. Um, I'm, my plan actually is to drop my 305 off here probably this week. and grab that one and bring that back so we have it so because i wanted to run the uh 360 show at eagle for that memorial race and then i did what i did the week of nationals and i was gonna you know use that car and then i ended up losing that so i was I was like eh, happens i guess but
1: take me through that wreck at the nationals it was because it was outside of my peripheral and all of a sudden i i heard red 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 and i'm looking around and First off, your car was planted on the berm in turn two to where I couldn't even see it because it kind of blended in with the catch fence the way with the new paint scheme. And I'm looking around the track, and I'm like, where? And they go, it's Gunner, turn two. And finally, I saw it. Uh, but uh, watching the replay, did, did your steering break going into one?
2: Um, what we think happened is the combo arm that hooks the drag link up to the you know front axle, I think that piece broke. and Because I was just going, 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 and it just shot right. And you have no time to react. Yeah. And I was just along for the ride, and uh, yeah, it was it was a good lick, I'll tell you that.
1: Uh, lots of, and you've you've had some issues in the past where the way you've landed has caused a lot of back damage, but yeah. this one uh, knocked your head pretty good.
2: Yeah, that one. It was just the instant stop because I actually knocked over the pole coming out of two, and that that's what saved me because I thought there. Well, I really didn't think of the time, but. I was looking if I would have went, you know, two foot either way, that could have been really bad. Yeah. Because I don't think I got much, uh, slowed down too much and it just the way it landed right directly, you know, it ripped the motor out of the car to where the only thing was holding the motor in the car was the drive shaft. So...
1: Jesus. Yeah, it was, it was a good lick. Uh, car was a total loss, so uh, you ended up going back and getting a different one and... Uh, it was... <clears throat> it
2: was actually the car that I ran my first year. Okay it's always been a pretty good car. It's been upside down a few times, but it reacts, it changes. And I like the balance of it. We went to Harlan and kinda struggled a little bit with it. And just the balance of the car wasn't the greatest. And then we went, I think it was Beatrice, Columbus week after, and I got time to, you know, tune on the car a little bit better and got a little bit better. And then we went to Beatrice and it was really good. And I dismissed it for the feature that night. I went forward in the heat race and got into redraw and redo eight, I think. and. I got up to third or fourth at one time, and the car just kind of stalled out, and it just got progressively worse as the race went on. So, yeah, it happens.
1: you got an interesting group of guys that are helping you out over there. Uh, yeah. you, you want to talk about a party in a pit, go, yeah. go over the 25
2: yeah. interesting is, you know, one word for them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, it's a struggle to get one of your crew members these at least wear a shirt.
2: Yeah, one of them always, yeah. yeah.
1: He, I, I don't know, maybe you need a shirt endorsement for him or – Something, yeah. Thread I mean, of nipple piercing. Actually, <laughs> I think he would probably like that. So never mind.
2: <laughs> yeah, anything, <laughs> We're talking
1: about RJ yeah, too. Anything, I love giving
2: him our time. Anything above uh, or under? I would know, just say seventy-five degrees. He's gonna take his shirt off. It's like yeah. Jesus, bud. Come on.
1: Yeah. It's and it's not like he's Arnold Schwarzenegger rock, walking around with some guns. Right.
2: Like, yeah. Hundred. He's kind of afraid. Yeah. Hundred pounds soaking wet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, <laughs> it, anyways, but. Uh, great group of guys that are helping you yeah. out. though, But you guys are really kind of starting to get the feel for this whole deal.
2: Yeah, I think so. It's just a lot of time. That's the key word, time. And, uh, you know, learning stuff that works and learning stuff that don't work for me. Because I, I still have that modified driving style to me to where, you know, everything that people tell me don't work for me. Um, I ran into my shot guy. He's like, oh, try this, try this, try this. And it don't work for me. It, yeah, It just... So, we kind of came up with something different and it worked out pretty good at the end.
1: Starting to get it figured out a little bit. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, Nebraska State Championship uh, locked up and uh, in the books. Let's uh, talk about some of those great sponsors that help you up and down the road.
2: All right. I got Larson Motors, Kyle Gabriel with Avid Realty, um, Taylor Computers, SNL Trenching, uh, ProPort Concrete, Slate Tech. Uh, Slade, Shock Technology, uh, Trev Window Wings, uh, Myers Racing Engines, um, VOG Performance, Carbon Edge Graphics, Continental Battery Systems, RK Inc., Maxim Chassis, Grass Assassins, and High Plane Building Division.
1: I was kind of, Brian, a a mutual friend of ours running RK Inc., uh, he did a fantastic job with your initial paint paint scheme for the car and then uh, redesigning it for the Nationals. Yeah, he
2: knocked it out of the park on that one, and I, man, that... That stung a lot, seeing that car that destroyed, but now I think we're gonna, might do something like that again, I think. Because I mean, I only got three nights out of it and lost all that, so we'll see what he comes up with. He's good with what he does, so.
1: Yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, All right, man, we got anything else you need to talk about? Oh, it should be about it. Yeah. Yeah. You ready for the season already? Um, yeah.
2: Still in recovery mode? No, you know, the first week of, you know, being out of the race car, it's like, eh, it's kind of nice. And then, yeah. you know, the second week comes it's like, man, I don't know what else to be doing. Yeah. You know, because really from March until now, you know, we raced. If it rained out around here, we were going to go find a place to race. So. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, definitely. Where's,
1: where's somebody a uh, track on your schedule that, that, or you're circling on your schedule for next season that you guys really want to go to?
2: I've been wanting to go to Houston, and I kind of just want to run up there for a whole year. But, you know, between running Friday, running Saturday, and then the drive up there Sunday and then the drive home Sunday night, it's, I'm going to commit to it eventually. But it, it just makes Monday so hard. That's one. and then uh, What's that, a six-hour drive? about four and a half from my yeah it's what, not Houston? too bad
0: yeah yeah it's a little over three hours out of omaha so yep, yep. you got really 20 minutes yep. or whatever to get to omaha so yeah so it ain't
2: too bad and you know there's some nights where they drag the show on there and you know i went up there to help uh service this past year one night and it was god it was like three or four in the morning by the time i got home oh my god you know makes monday rough and uh that and then I've always wanted to go to Devil's Bowl and then of course they cancel that or get rid of that racetrack at the end of the year so it's just I've always wanted to go down there for their uh, spring nationals or whatever that deal is in
1: February but so get down you'd love to get down to Devil's Bowl any other kind of races you want to make sure and hit up
2: Um, yeah that and a few others just I kind of I think my plan for this year is just kind of do a hit-or-miss deal wherever I want to go racing, I can go racing. And I said that in the spring this past year, and, you know, we ended up being committed to, you know, Eagle there. And I missed the Belleville week, but I just I, I can't commit myself to race at a single racetrack every single week. It's just too damn stressful.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of work. Uh, anybody else you want to make sure and thank before we end up?
2: Yeah, I'd like to thank uh, my parents, um, Nicole, Mo, Jonah, Andrew, uh, Zach, and can't can't forget about Gate or RJ. Forget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, GJ. GJ. Yeah, we can say that. <laughs> and, uh, um, my brother. Uh, How about the front Cooper, stretch. The front stretch. Yep. You guys have always <laughs> been, you know, good supporter, especially. Well,
1: and, and by the way, I've talked about it a couple of times. There is a uh, picture of you smashing the high nudes and victory laying an eagle. Uh, it's a cool thing for me. I don't know if it's cool for anybody else, but the company that owns High Noon is called Gallo, E&J Gallo Company. And they've got a branch inside the Omaha Johnson Brothers Distribution. And there is a picture of you smashing the okay. High Noons uh, uh, in in victory lane at Eagle and I don't think any of them really know what it is, but they think it's pretty cool right, when somebody yeah. smashed a couple man, of high
2: news. I'll tell you what, that shit is sticky. Is it? Oh man, you get. I tell you, I, <laughs> I don't have a
1: lot of problems getting it on my body.
2: You uh, yeah, I got on the wing that night, and then yeah. I, Sunday I I went to go get everything, you know, cleaned up, and I'm like, man, my suit is nasty, my <laughs> helmets. I mean, got in between the tear offs. It was just, it I man, it was worth it. That was yeah. cool, so.
1: You don't think it was maybe another chemical? Something else that might have gotten sprayed in the pits that night or uh,
2: Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was Could have yeah. been some moonshine. Did your dad
1: share any of that or No, uh he yeah.
2: he still had actually I think he drank it all that night or that weekend, <sighs> which was, you know.
1: It's a miracle he doesn't have diabetes.
2: He does. And you know oh.
1: <laughs> And he bought the poor jo- I mean <laughs> <laughs> he should have told me this before I gave him the bottles. God. Don't yep. get diabetes before you get drunk off that stuff, but yep. he gave it a good shot. <laughs> oh my god, we gotta wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, anybody are you got anything else for Gunner?
0: No. No, no. I, we've given him enough grief.
1: I think so. We'll <laughs> let him go for the night. Uh we're gonna take a break. We'll be right back here on the front stretch. Hang tight. Quaker Steak & Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just $0.99 with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All-You-Can-Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak & Lube in Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get to Quaker Steak & Lube.
0: We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch.
1: Welcome back to the Front Stretch, rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the Front Stretch. Make sure you get over to Council Bluffs and enjoy all the sights, sounds, and smells that the official watering hole of the Front Stretch has to offer. And boy, do we have a great lineup for you this weekend. Obviously, the NASCAR Championship going on, so we're going to be crowning three champions, Truck Series, Xfinity Series, and the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, By the time we get to Quaker Steak and Lube on Sunday, obviously two of the three champions will be crowned, and then we're going to sit down and watch one final champion for 2023 in the NASCAR Touring Series get crowned. And uh, we'd love to have you guys down there. So the uh, party at Quaker Steak and Lube starts at 1230. We actually crowned two champions on Sunday. Huh? Oh, is that Sunday a doubleheader? Oh, no, because you're talking the fantasy league.
0: (laughs) Well, the important one. Yeah, back with the cup series.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's all going to be going down Sunday. Once again, the party starts at twelve thirty. You can get there early if you want to. I think we usually get there at about eleven thirty, just to make sure to get all the equipment set up to get all the uh, contests going and um, all the fun stuff. And then usually we, we're done by 12 or 12.15, so we get a little bit of food in us. And then we uh, wait as people start trickling in about 12.30 or 1 o'clock. And I believe the uh, green flag for the race at Phoenix set to wave at about 2 o'clock Central Time. So make sure you get your picks in on time for the Rick Havenridge Pickums Contest. Once again, that is brought to you by Rick Havenridge of Wealth Partners. Find out what Rick can do for you today, rickhavenridgeadvice.com. I haven't checked with uh, Rick and his lovely wife, Patsy, to see if they're going to be down there yet. So I need to probably send him a text message and find out if he's going to be joining us uh, for another championship crowning event. But a lot going on down at Quaker Snake and Lube.
0: Yeah. um, We'll have our cash pool set up. I'm sure Chris is going to have a book for a $100 bill and,
1: Yep, I did. When I got the confirmation from that that we were going to be doing the all you can eat wings, I also got the confirmation that we're going to do the cash prize, uh, hundred dollar bill for picking the winner. It's first come first serve. We will organize the drivers according to their starting position. And um,
0: starting and, position or qualifying position?
1: Uh, starting position because I usually do it Sunday morning. Well, I guess it would depend on if anybody gets. Well, yeah, it'll be starting position. Um, so if somebody gets moved to the rear, we'll just update the book, but can't imagine there's going to be too many of that issues, those issues at Phoenix, but we'll see. But, uh, either way, uh, it should be pretty much the same, pretty much qualifying and and starting position should be pretty close to the same thing, but we'll organize it that way. And then, uh, first come first serve. If you think Kyle Larson is going to win the championship by winning the race, you better get there early. And first person, I think we take five people per driver, and the tiebreaker is total laps led.
0: And that is some of the tiebreakers have been uh, cautions, uh, total caution laps. Well, no, some have just been total number of cautions. Uh. We've had different tiebreakers, so I don't know if, if Chris picks that or if you're picking that or
1: usually we handle it he just gives me the money and and we we decide that stuff so if you think the the better way to go is total number of caution flags waived we can go that route
0: you know because we know there's going to be two
1: we know there's going to be two
0: you know so anybody that only picks one
1: (laughs) you're pulling a dan
0: (laughs) yeah i mean we can do laps led we can caution laps uh
1: caution laps is tough because we and and same thing with laps leg because we have to wait for the official uh report for nascar to come out um unless we get some sort of a glimpse and we're able to pick it so maybe caution uh (laughs) cautions is the better way to go because that's easier to keep track of in real time
0: yeah well normally they'll do that you know uh run down run through the field deal Mm -hmm. with about 50 laps to go and who's ever in the lead they'll say they've led how many laps out of how many yeah you know they go on to win the race and you obviously know what you're looking at but like i said six of one half dozen over the other
1: yeah all right well that'll be in the official rules when we get there uh i'll usually (laughs) so mean that basically means i'll make we'll make a decision sunday morning before i hit the print button <laughs>
0: we'll, we'll make a decision at about the start of the final stage
1: there you go <laughs> but all that's going on down a quaker steak and lube of course like i mentioned all you can eat wings and um all the great uh, sights sounds and smells that are going on at the lube uh, make sure you tell your server that you are a part of the front stretch uh nascar party so that way they and if you order the all you can eat wings you get the special otherwise the rest of the building is not going to get access to that and and generally it's going to be confined into the brickyard where we're central where we're located but it can spill over into the uh i don't know what he calls that other room adjacent to the uh, main entrance that's in between the main entrance and the brickyard but you could definitely sit over there and just tell your server that you're sitting over there maybe you don't want the uh loudness of us being on the, the PA and, and doing prizes and giveaways and that kind of stuff and, and trivia and that fun stuff. But uh, so that way you could sit over in the other room, but still take advantage of all the specials that are going to be going on. And that, again, that's this Sunday starting at 1230. And that'll be going until the uh, drop of the checkered flag and a little bit after. If you're in the Pickham's contest and you're in the top 16, I will be bringing all reserved prizes with me to Quaker Steak and Lube. And if we're able to kind of figure it up real quick, Dirk gives me the okay, and and it's a for sure thing that you finish third or fourth or whatever, and that's your reserve prize. Then then I'll give it to you then and there. Otherwise, we'll be mailing those out in the next couple of weeks. Um, so uh, so all those prizes will be going out too. But a lot of stuff going on Sunday, man.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you know should be a uh, I think it's going to be a good race.
1: I think so, too. That, there's re- four really good championship drivers that i you know, ranking them, I think Blaney's probably the least likely. But then again, he's kind of coming on strong late this year.
0: Well, the last two races, you got to win in a second. Yeah. Kyle Larson's got, what, two DNFs? Yeah. No, he finished at Martinsville. Just way back in the back of the field, right? Uh, Yeah, he was back a ways, But he had a DNF at Homestead. Christopher Bell. I'm not sure where he finished the, uh, at Martinsville. I think he was around eighth or tenth.
1: Oh, wait a minute. Kyle Larson finished sixth at at uh, Martinsville. At Martinsville.
0: Yeah, I I didn't remember him being clear in the back except to start. But uh, his qual no his qualifying effort was good. But he got shuffled back on a round of pit stops. I remember. But uh, yeah, it's good racing. Um, like I said, Blaney's the hottest driver. William. Byron's probably the coldest, you know, even though Mm -hmm. he's had a couple different runs or a couple good runs, but, you know, he almost blew a 30-point cushion on the final week or on the final race there at Martinsville. And then they started talking about and I forgot all about it there a couple of years ago where Harvick blew 42 points at Martinsville. So Mm -hmm. uh, Danny's still crying about his, and he's blaming Joey Logano for crashing into – gibbs i mean that's just stupid because he should you know he needs to blame homestead for his own car breaking. yeah that's why they get the big bucks
1: uh looking back through the uh, race results and uh at, at phoenix kyle larson picked up a championship win this race november of 21 uh joey logano picked it up in november of 22 got the win Uh, This race earlier this year, William Byron got the win. So after winning stage one, second in stage two, he led a total of 64 laps, but his teammate was the uh, lap leader of the day, Kyle Larson leading 201 of the 317 laps. Second in stage one, one stage two, Larson had a little bit better of a day, but fourth on the day when uh, when they crossed the finish line.
0: Yeah, which means that Byron had more points.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Blaney finished second. Bell finished sixth. And
0: the race earlier this year, they were in the top six of four drivers.
1: Yeah. Byron Blaney, Larson and Bell were all in the top six. It's kind of funny how that happens. You know, maybe it's just my general perception, but it's just kind of funny how that kind of stuff happens, that the guys who ended up rising to the top and in the championship four all finished in the top ten, top six at this race last uh, earlier this year, and several of them finished in the uh, top ten this race last year. In fact, Bell, Larson, uh, all four of them actually finished in the top top ten last year at this race.
0: When Lagana won a title?
1: Mm-hmm. So Bell was 10th, Larson was 9th, Byron was 6th, and Blaney was second.
0: Well, Blaney's been second the last two runs there,
1: and he's he was fourth this race in 2021. I'm kind of feeling like Blaney might be the one to pick. I don't I don't know if he's necessarily going to win the championship, but uh, consistent at Phoenix, he sh- it certainly is. <laughs> Why did I sound like Yoda there all of a sudden?
0: Yeah. Well, and he uh, like I said, to me, he's the hottest driver. Yeah. So ever since he got his penalty squashed, you know, maybe that's why they had to squash the penalty so he could win the title. You know, there's a couple <laughs> million people out there that tell you it's fixed, just like all star wrestling. So
1: Oh yeah. Every everything's the fix when uh when when I don't get my way. Yeah. Although The fix wasn't in for my chiefs on Sunday. And that's probably the reason why they lost.
0: Well, they lost because they sent a sick quarterback out. I, I don't care when, when somebody's fighting the flu, I think the backup's better than that guy, man. I don't know how,
1: I don't know how people do it. Honestly, when I get the flu, it's I'm on my deathbed. I don't move out of bed. It's four boxes of Kleenex, miserable, cranky. I I don't know how somebody gets out of bed and goes and races a, a dirt track race or a NASCAR race or goes and plays a football game or a basketball game. I mean, I go back and watch those clips of Michael Jordan winning that championship when he was suffering from flu-like symptoms. And I'm like, how? How does he do that? Because I'd have been like, hey, guys, listen, good luck with the championship. You know, uh, I'm out. I'm done. We'll get him next year. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, a championships one thing, but this was a regular season game. I mean, they they got that one video clip that's been all over Facebook, where you know they show the guy's walking into the stadium off the team bus, and he's carrying a a bottle of TerraFlu with him. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if you're drinking that stuff to hydrate for the game, he's in no shape to play. Yeah, and that's all there is to it.
1: Uh, All right. A little bit of news and notes. Kind of a cool thing for me, those of you who may not know, but uh, I am a huge Star Wars fan and I'll be keeping an eye on Tyler Reddox number 45 and Bubba Wallace is number 23. They're both running uh, Star Wars themed paint schemes. The 45 is going to be running a TIE fighter paint scheme and Bubba Wallace, I believe, looks like he's going to be running a rebel paint scheme uh, or an alliance paint scheme. So Kind of cool deals there. There's some uh, nice promotional videos out there that are kind of tying in Star Wars a little bit. And uh, yeah, uh, James Rowland sent it to me this week and he said, so I suppose you're rooting for Bubba. And I said, well, yeah, I, I think I am. I'd love to see the, a TIE fighter or an X-Wing in uh, in victory lane, but who knows what'll happen there. But kind of cool little thing tie-ins there with uh, some nice sponsorships and, uh, and some uh, paint schemes there. Speaking yeah. of paint schemes, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, uh, I don't think you're going to have a whole lot of luck with either one of those cars, but that's just my opinion.
1: Probably not, and I think that if this was a different race, maybe, but I think that uh, there's kind of an unspoken rule that you don't mess with the championship four. If they're coming, get the hell out of the way. Uh, Don't race them too hard. You Keep racing them, keep racing, do your race, but get the hell out of the way and let the championship four duke it out. I think one of NASCAR's worst-case scenarios – one of their worst case scenarios is uh, one of the championship fours, probably a favorite in the sport, gets taken out early because of a lap car or somebody just racing over their head. And so I, I think there's kind of an unspoken rule of those championship four get out of their way when uh, when they're coming and let them all four duke it out, which yeah. I think is yeah. a lot of the reason why you see these guys finish up in the top four, along with the fact that they're you know they finish in the top five, top six, top eight, whatever, but. They deserve to be there because they have had a great season. They've qualified for the championship four, so they're naturally going to have a good run, anyways.
0: Well, and like we just said, they had good run at this track last year. They had a good run at this track in the spring, mm-hmm. so it's not like they' You know, it's not like in the spring they were all in the twenties, right? You know, they were mm-hmm. all in the, in, the, in the top ten, top six, and so they're probably going to have a pretty good run but I don't think NASCAR sends any ultimatum down or any type of thing like that about, you know, letting them go by. Cause you got guys, you know, that are still racing for different things with, uh, owner's points and, and just straight up trying to get in the top 20 and that, you know, and, cut cup points and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, they're not going to want to go a lap down. They're going to race the leader just as hard as they would today, as they would in February Daytona. So, you yeah, know,
1: and, uh, you know, it's obviously situational. Majority of the field, I feel, they're going to they're going to not race the championship four as hard. If you're on the last car on the lead lap, you know, maybe if you're racing for the win, okay, maybe. But I, I think, like I said, I think it's an unspoken rule that you don't mess with the championship four. I'm not saying everyone's pulling over and letting them go, but just don't bump and run them. Don't, you know, I, it's, I don't think NASCAR put on a memo like that. That's why I said it was kind of an unspoken rule, but I, I think that, uh, that, and I, 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 seem to remember there been some conversations about, you know, retaliation at the final race and NASCAR has actually publicly said in the media and in the driver's meeting, any retaliation at this race against the championship drivers will be, will be met with severe punishment. Also, it's worth noting no stage points, no bonus points for anything for the championship four, not to the championship. Again, I, I we talked about this on Tuesday's show that those points will be factored in to our final contest, but they will not be factored in uh, to the championship for NASCAR. It NASCAR makes it very simple of the championship four, whoever finishes best of the four, that's your champion. And I believe every year since we've done this, we talked about it on Tuesday, every year since they went to this format, we have,
0: uh, uh, the champion has won the race. Well, it has come from those final four. Yep. The winner of the race. So it's not like uh, Tyler Reddick wins the race and Larson's second, so he's the champion. Right. You know, the winner of the race has been one of the final four. So. Exactly. Yep. Yep. All right, so
1: that's all going down Sunday along with the Phoenix viewing party. Make sure you get out to Quaker Steak and Lube. We would love to see you. Uh, Dirk, the Fantasy League, you've got about a nine point advantage. It's worth noting again if Dirk wins the contest, then uh, the first prize pick goes to second on back. Dirk's, I mean, you, I, I, I assume you right. don't need a prize.
0: I'm bragging rights.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, you've won this before. <laughs> I won it in 2013, I think. That's what I was thinking. So it's almost a 10-year anniversary.
0: 13 or 14. Yeah. I don't remember which. It's one of the first couple of years you guys had the contest.
1: Top three between Dirk, uh, Dean, and uh, Donna Bice, uh, all within 11 points. And uh, it's, it's anybody's race. It's going to be interesting to see what happens.
0: Uh, and then – the next two are what, 36 back, I think.
1: Yeah, tied for 36 back.
0: And then after that, it's 60 points. So they're, they're out of it at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, the odds of the 36, one of the two 36-point people winning is fairly slim because, you know, they'd have to have the right driver and the other three would have to go out, you know. Without any uh, stage and points F at all. Idea. Yeah, that's, uh, and myself. And you said it was Dean that was in second place for however it works out. We've had this exact same driver the last two weeks, hmm. last two races. So I've been nine points ahead of him now for a couple of weeks. And you said it was Donna Vice. Yeah, Donna Vice. She gained six points this last race because she had Blaney and Dean and I both had Hamlin. So she gained six points on us. And, uh, I can pick anybody but Larson, so Larson's wide open for those four people behind me because I can't touch him.
1: So if you're Dean and you're in second place, and, and let's assume Dean listens to the show, would that be your strategy? Just take Larson and and because that's your best chance of gaining the the points to beat you.
0: Well, it's it's the only way he can be sure we don't have the same pick. Yeah, but if Larson goes out and let's just say he's having an off weekend and you know he's 10th in practice and qualifies 15th and the other three guys are qualified in the top five then he's got a one out of three shot that we're going to pick the same guy one of them up there in the top five has only got bell alive i don't remember which one of the people it was um they've used their three picks on larson byron and blaney already yeah doesn't mean they have to take Bell, but obviously it seems like that would be the only strategy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, going to be fun to watch this. Again, it'll all be playing out Sunday at Quicker Steak and Lube to wrap up the 2023 Pick'em's Contest. If you guys want to come out and you've heard about us talking about it, you're interested in getting involved in it, it's never too early to sign up for the 2024 contest. Just uh, give me your email address. I'll put you on a list. And then once we launch the contest, usually mid-January, uh, we will, uh, I'll, I'll send you an email with an invite on it and you can join the contest. And again, that is all free. Thanks to Rick Havenridge of Wealth Partners. Find out what we could do for you today, rickhavenridgeadvice.com. Uh, before we wrap up today's show and, and get you guys uh, and finalize everything, I wanted to to mention, Dirk, did you see Tyler Drukie's post where he he did end up posting all of the stats based on uh, invert and redraw nights? Yep. Uh, I thought that was kind of interesting because it fully backed up what he said. And and you guys, can, I'm not going to go over this stuff, but basically uh winning percentage from the invert was um, if he started in the top six, he had a 63%, uh, excuse me, 73% win percentage. If he started seventh to 12th, he, uh, he had a, a 36% win percentage. And during his interview that we played on Tuesday, which was just another one of those great interviews that Tyler does. Uh, he talked about how he's not a fan of the redraw or qualifying because he, he said, if you want to make it easy for these guys and you want to ruin the the racing action, uh, just do qualifying and let all the fast guys start up front and, and it, that, that's going to be that, but it, it's a lot tougher for him. And that was kind of surprising to hear him say, cause I'm used to drivers building scenarios and pushing for rules and, and procedures that benefit them.
0: Well, yeah, but you know, that's just his thoughts. And um, I mean, you know, we've talked about it before um, all asphalt, I don't know any type of asphalt racing, whether it's weekly late models back uh, on the East Coast somewhere in the Southeast or they're uh, modified like they run up at Bowman Gray. They always start fast guy to the front. That's why there were several years when an asphalt late model won the weekly series title. When all the guys out here, the Kodiskies and Kyle Burks and, you know, whoever else from the area that was trying to win a national title was starting 12th every week. Yeah. You know, and I thought they had a legitimate niche. Definitely. You know, yeah, it's, you know, it's, I wasn't surprised to see those statistics at all. I've never actually seen them, but I just know it's common sense. You know, that's why even a race like Knoxville, you know, that's why they at least go out and do the dash thing, you know, and and the fastest guy's got a chance of possibly starting as far back as eighth. Yeah. You know, they don't just put them straight up on the pole and, and run them backwards. They've got to run that pole dash to get their they're starting spots, yeah. They're still starting the the fastest eight guys are starting in the in the front eight spots. So,
1: and I just again, it this is purely me as a race fan, doing and wanting things that benefit me as a fan. And I want to watch those fast guys come from the back. I think that's far more entertaining than watching them from the front. Knoxville, though, you know, with, with it being what is it the national the four hundred and ten Nationals is like a fifty lap race, uh. I think it's 25 break and then 25. Um, I, I think that that's long enough that those guys in the back have time to come to the front or guys that had a bad, just had an off whatever and and, and qualify for the back of the eight feature. They've still got time to come to the front, but I, I still want it's for me. I want to see guys come from the back and, and have to make their way forward. I think that creates much more excitement, but it also creates much more uh, a, a much higher chance that uh, you're going to destroy something and cost yourself a lot of money.
0: Yeah. Well, they're, they don't invert the full field, you know, just for that point. But like I said, even the, uh, uh, you know, the average, the top average point guys start in 12th in a dirt track race as opposed to, uh, I think IMCA starts their 10th. I think yeah. I could be wrong, but right? For some reason, I think they start in 10th and, uh, Uh, but that's what's what always made that racing good. And to me, it's what makes those drivers better.
1: I agree. I think it absolutely makes you a lot better.
0: You know, they're passing cars from the get go instead of starting on the pole.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. I think you got anything else for us?
0: Nope. Just come on out Sunday and, uh, uh, have a good time with us. Maybe win something on trivia, maybe win a hundred bucks, picking the right driver. And, but you do, like I said, you got to get there early. Um, The odds are pretty good that you're going to have four drivers racing for the win, Mm -hmm. at least in this championship format. That's the way it's, it's always gone. So there's only going to be 20 people that get to pick technically you can still pick Logano, You can still pick Keselowski. You can still pick who you want. Those guys are all going to be in the race and there is a chance it's a race that they could win. Mm -hmm. The other four could all be involved in wrecks, you know, but the odds are that one of those four is going to win the race. So, right. If you've got a pick that you like on one of those four, come out early enough that you can get your pick in the book and take a shot at a three hundred bucks. That don't happen very often.
1: No, it does not. We'll see you guys Sunday at quicker's second, Lou. Once again, big thanks to Gunnar Pike for joining us in turn number one. And uh, we're going to take the weekend off. We'll be back next week with another round of interviews. Tommy Denton, promoter for Beatrice Speedway, will join us in uh, turn number two. Of course, in turn number one next week, we're going to get you guys set we're going to recap the race at Phoenix and talk about the championship, and that's probably going to get close to wrapping up our uh, our our final two weeks, uh, two shows a week. I think we'll do one on Thursday again, and then uh, and then after that, we'll probably switch to one show a week since Dirt Trek's pretty much done and NASCAR will be done. Uh, so that's just kind of a preview of what's to come in the next couple of weeks.
0: And if any of any breaking news ever shows up, you know, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or something, we can still go ahead and put a a special show in the middle of the week to talk about something like that. So,
1: yeah, it's kind of a nice thing about having a podcast and not being stuck to the radio. Uh, I was just actually talking to somebody the other day about that and remembering how that whole thing went down. And I was like, God, I wish we would have done this years ago. (laughs) It's uh, a, it's a little bit more flexible for us to be able to do it like this. And, uh, and, and the podcast kind of works out a little bit better for us. So, all right, once again, get out to Quaker Steak and Lube, and uh, we'll see you guys uh, down on Sunday to uh, crown a champion. Thanks everybody for listening. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch presented by Joe's Carding and Quaker Steak and Lube.